You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. 108 to 105. Top 25 college basketball battle of ranked teams with a blowout. Number 13, Auburn wins by 40 points over 11th ranked South Carolina, 101 to 61. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning and welcome into a Thursday edition of Inside the Locker Room 205-342-9904 is your phone number if you'd like to jump in on the show with us this morning. The exit cows at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1 or email for our show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download that app, the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. Uh, there's a chat box up in the right-hand corner. We also, you can take us anywhere you go. Before we get started, though, we want to thank a great sponsor of the 7 o'clock hour, and that's Yellowwood. Of all the colors, yellow is the most important, at least when it comes to building outdoors. No matter what your project is this season, pier, deck, fence, pergola, be sure to head to your local Yellowwood dealer for Yellowwood brand, pressure-treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection against rot, Fungal decay and termite attacks. So it's no wonder Yellowwood is the brand of choice when building outdoors. Head down to your local dealer. Go to yellowwood.com to find that. And always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Uh, doing okay, Barry. For our show this morning, JC, of course, is always on Thursday. You have David Hobbs going to be on for us in the, in the uh, 8.15 hour. And I appreciate uh, both those guys being on last night. Uh, pretty much of a blowout in the two games that were played, uh, 101 to 61. Uh, South Carolina got crushed pretty badly. Auburn, uh, just, uh, had, had, uh, 36 more points inside and nine more threes. And when you add up those 36 inside, three times nine is 27. You got a pile of points. And that was pretty much a, uh, a blowout game. In, in the Arkansas game, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee had 22 more points inside, three more threes, not that many. Uh, Connect uh, was very good again. And, uh, so, uh, that, you know, that's the way that goes. Uh, the Mark kid who transferred from Houston to Arkansas, I bet he wished he hadn't, uh, had 12 points. Uh, you know, I, we, I mentioned to you, Barry and I did, that there's always going to be somebody think, you think is going to be really good, say so. And they're bad, and that's Arkansas. And there's always going to be somebody that you think is going to struggle, and they're good, and they weren't good last night, and probably that would, that uh, would go to South Carolina. Alabama is a nine and two record, so one one game less, so they're in first place as we go through the eleven games uh, uh, in the season. Um, uh, at eleven o'clock on ESPN Saturday, Alabama will entertain A and M, who lost to. What I consider a whatever game, uh, I'll stay out of that one, uh, to Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Uh, we'll play Auburn at 5 o'clock. By the way, last night, Samford, uh, Bucky's team won uh, 88-62 against Western Carolina. to be either 23-3 and or 24-3. Uh, Clemson, for some reason, all the money they paid Miami to play in basketball, Clemson beat them pretty handily. Uh, if you want to continue uh, after we have our guests to talk about the the game, 
gambling deal, you certainly can. Uh, a real tragedy about the the, uh, the shooting uh, at the parade where one person was killed and a lot of children were, were injured. Uh, on another note, we'll give it back to Barry, Freddie Roach and Robert Gillespie, who are very good recruiters. One uh, will stay on and get a raise at Alabama by uh, Kalen DeMore, DeMore uh, Kentucky hired an OC from Boise State. Uh, Chris Chris Holman, uh, who's a very good Ohio State basketball coach, I thought, instead of waiting until the season was over with, AD came in and fired him. Uh, he, he gets paid pretty good amount, so that's good. Michigan. But John Howard's under the gun a little bit to be fired at Michigan, so he don't know about that. Um, going to have a, I, I didn't get to study it for Barry, but they're going to have some base running rules in baseball that uh, are going to be adhered to, and we'll see what happens there. But outside of that, that's quickly what happened last night. If you have things you want to call about, talk about, I'll call Barry, and we'll talk about them. I just got a lot of like lot staticky noise in my headset. I don't know if we have something turned up there or not. But uh, okay, maybe uh, change phones. Okay, is it your phone? Are you on a different phone? Uh, yeah, I had to. I, I'll, I'll handle that. Just one All second. Right. All right. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen a team so different. I mean, every team plays better at home, uh, but for the way Auburn plays uh, down at uh, Neville Arena compared to how they play. Uh, away, it's not even like the same team. Uh, you know, they end up winning about what forty last night. Well, can you put your finger on it? Why they can't? I mean, I understand you're going to play with a little more energy at home, but why are they so much better at home than what they are on the road? Don't have I have an answer to that. I think uh, to me it would worry me a little bit because I feel like all the hoopalali is gone when you go up to play somebody somewhere else, and you're kind of feel like you're out there on an island by yourself and I, whether that's right, right or wrong I'm not sure but uh, um, uh, they just the thing that I don't understand Barry completely the one game I don't understand is Auburn and Florida uh, they, did, they, they didn't come to play I mean they just had a big win and you'd act like they, they just had a big they had a big loss and that, that one game there, all right, I'm changing phones. Uh, that, that one game there, son, was one I had never quite seen an Auburn team play like that. Uh, so, uh, I don't have the answer. I guess, I guess I've talked around what you ask and don't know the answer. Uh, maybe turn my headset up a little bit, Justin. I think that's what it was. I had it turned up so high there, but on this thing, but, uh, Maybe turn it up just a hair there. Um, they're talking, there's a deal out, uh, today, or I guess it was yesterday about how much money, uh, just, I don't know if you can look it up. The one thing that was amazing to me is how much more we spent in food, uh, this year as compared to last year. Uh, just look that number up. Uh, it was like, <laughs> it's almost like it was a misprint. Uh, but they do have a, uh, a deal here where how much it's increased since Coach Saban, uh, came in 2007. Uh, total athletic revenue through Nick Saban's tenure in 2007, it was 87589000 This past year was $129 million, which is a pretty big, uh, jump there. Um, but for food? No, that's, that was his overall. Uh, oh. la- last year, um, 
total athletic expenses exchange. So coach was spending a lot more money as well. Uh, and this can this be right? Alabama athletic expenses changed under Nick Saban in 2023. According to AL.com, they spent 212 million in, in 2007, they spent 77 million. Uh, that's a big jump. Uh, 212 million. I think the one thing, Barry, that we don't realize, uh, our listeners don't understand, that we have so many sports, non-revenue completely, guys and gals, uh, who who don't bring in one penny. All of them got to eat and live and have a scholarship. Yeah, the the food thing, when it came out yesterday, I think it was in the Tuscaloosa News. I don't know if you have that, uh, Justin. It was a humongous guy who has more money. It's almost like they went from eating fast food to eating at Ruth Chris every meal. Uh, it jumped millions of dollars uh, there. But it cost a lot to run, obviously, these athletic departments. And they're spending a, they are making a pile of money in football, but they're spending a pile as well. Um, you know, and, and now with the NIL piece and all that, you know, things are a lot different as to what people will actually give and what goes towards the program and what goes towards NIL, uh, but I would think now, maybe not in the SEC with just Oklahoma and Texas, but the Big Ten, their travel costs are about to go out the roof, aren't they, yeah. uh, as to what they've been yeah. spending in the past. Uh, ACC, too, are the three teams coming all the way from the Pac-12 all the way over to ACC. Yeah. Some of those, that's... I mean, that's re- going to be ridiculous. Uh, especially got three the- coming in. They got SMU going going into ACT territory as well, which is, up uh, to me, son, when you have those teams, the ACC, or we don't keep up with them quite as close, that maybe we do Clemson because of Davo, but but we got a situation where we got three new teams coming in from the Pac-12 who we kind of keep up with. We're not really in the SMU, who used to be good, not very good now. It it just, me, is boy, you're spending a lot of money for what? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm surely they did a cost analysis before they, yeah, sure. uh, made the jump and figured, okay, yeah, we are going to spend more, but, uh, by going to the Big Ten, um, we're going to make a lot more. Uh, you mentioned Chris Holtman, a lot of other names, uh, oh, of jobs that will possibly open, uh, here. Uh, do you like firing guys right here in the middle of the season? Can they like let these guys finish no the season? Let these yeah, guys he had done pretty well, pretty well. He's had a, he's had a bad stretch. And what's happening to us now for coaches is that you get stretches that you're bad. And, uh, those stretches, AD goes crazy. And, uh, they, they jump in there and fire. He's, he's done a, I think a good job. Ohio State's never been satisfied with their basketball coach much. Except uh, some time ago, I guess, but uh, it's it is not. Uh, I don't think you know he got he got a bunch of money, uh, which, uh, which which soothes it a little bit. But you know, anytime you next morning you wake up and you don't have a job, I can tell you they that ain't much fun. Yeah, well, if you're a basketball coach or a football coach and you're not doing just incredible things, and they change ads, look out. Uh, yeah. And so you got, uh, the guy Smith is there, uh, till the summer and then, 
uh, Ross Bjork will take over, but Ross Bjork is going to handle uh, the coaching change. And for some reason, these ADs, they love to hire coaches. Uh, they love oh, yeah. the attention there. So That's uh, right. Chris Holtman will be out. All right, we'll take the break here. Uh, we'll get back. Got a call coming in here. Two-minute truck at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need in preparation for this move. Well, it's a local move out of town, out of state. That's a professional's handling. They'll take great care of you and your stuff. Moving is stressful enough, and these guys will take the stress away. 205-247-5050 is two-minute truck movers who care. Tide 100.9 Traffic. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. Morning congestion starting to kick in. Two to three minute delays both directions on Highway 69 between 15th Street and Highway 56. Problem free along I-20 and I-59. And you still got a breakdown sitting on the shoulder. Highway 69 north at Bobby Miller Parkway. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Joshua Wooddell. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Thursday morning. Tomorrow is the last day. You can physically deliver a completed voter registration form to your county board of registrars for the March 5th primary elections. The deadline to postmark a mail voter registration form is Saturday. You will have until Monday to register to vote electronically. The primary will deal or text deal to 511-511. Text deal to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another very nice day today with a sunny sky, Tuscaloosa size 67. Tonight fair with a low at 46. Tomorrow partially sunny during the day, then a chance of some light rain tomorrow night. High tomorrow afternoon at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Will somebody answer that damn phone? That's 205-342-9904. Welcome back to Inside Locker Yellowwood Pressure Treaty Fine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want to go to yellowwood.com to find a dealer closest to you. Or to the Yellowwood Hotline. Rodney's gone. All right, back to the Yellowwood Hotline. Get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Rodney, call us back if you want to uh, get in on the show. Good morning, Philip. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Joe. Hope you all are good today. Good. We're okay. Um, Hope you are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, Barry, on that budgetary article about the, the millions of dollars that, that, that Alabama, um, spent last year versus the previous year, I guess it was. Yeah. Is, is something like that in your view and Coach Sanderson's view? Is that something that, um, as an athletic director, you just look at it and you say, well, that's just the cost of doing business. Not <laughs> much we can do about it. Or do you look at it as, God, that's horrible. I need to get, we need to get that fine tuned. How, how do you approach that? Are you talking about the, the meals? Or yeah, well, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much was the difference? Do you, do you have it in front of you? Oh, Justin's got it. What, what was the difference? Justin's got it. What was the difference, Justin? Uh, so, student athlete meals, non travel. Yes. Non travel. 918,000 jumped to 5.8 million. So it went up by over that's almost four million dollars. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I, I know nobody wants to hear about the past, but I'll, I'll give it to you. Under Coach Bryant, with Sam Bailey there and Coach Bryant, they would they they just they just stopped that. Carney Lashley was oh, yeah. the guy that you don't even remember. Carney Lashley, you're too young, but Carney Lashley, he was in charge. He's in charge of the of the uh, of your expense accounts when you went in to travel. He look at your expense account and you know he'd say, you know, you don't need this. He didn't. Why'd you spend this? Uh, mm-hmm. It would be it, back in those days. You would have been called on the carpet about anything that you did with your program uh, that overspent. <laughs> I mean, but you're talking about almost four million dollars. Like, that don't even sound right. Like, did they? How, how does that even happen, uh, Philip? I know. I, I, know. Go, well, I mean, I, I can see it going up a little bit, but, but going. I know whenever you whenever you write financial financially based articles like that, you have to be real careful. It's really easy to make an error when you write those kind of articles, and so that could be it. But it doesn't sound like it. And but but if you're if you're the athletic director, something like that would make you. It would it would it would it would bother me so bad. That I would be in my office all day trying to figure out what in the heck went wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously they got to feed feed these guys, and they they and, and I guess I don't know if that's just football. I mean, maybe that's all the sports eating over there. Uh, just in case that phone, um, but that's a big number uh, to go up. To that much. Something's not right. I mean, somebody could explain it a lot better than what it just reads. I, I'm sure. How many athletes do they have over there? Total. I have no idea. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even know how to guess. I mean, that if you take that and divide it by, let's say, three hundred, that's twenty thousand dollars per athlete to eat. Yeah, well, you're talking about going up over four million dollars. That's a that's a lot of a lot of money. So anyway, I'm sure if somebody's looking at it as to what happened there, but uh already it's a misprint like you said. Anything else, Phil? Yeah. No, I mean I guess uh you know when you're when you're given to Yay Alabama and all that sort of stuff, it gets your attention. Yeah, that that certainly yeah. would get mine as well. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thank y'all. All right, back up to the Yellowwood hotline. Maybe Digger has the answer. Uh Digger, why how do you go from nine hundred and something thousand to what was it four point eight? They don't worry, Digger, Texas. He got all kind of money. Yeah, they just pay it. No, well, this is red flag number one. <laughs> Let me tell you, I guarantee you, if that would happen in Texas, they got a team of forensic accountants that would be all over that. Their really? attitude over there is, buddy, this is not your money. And that's why the University of Texas is the most efficiently run athletic department in the country. When you make $272 million a year and turn a profit, they've got accountants over there that want to nickel and dime you to death to get that into the academics. Now, because of that, you've heard of the Moody Center, the new basketball arena? Yeah. Volleyball gets a mini center called Mini Mooney. Okay. <laughs> Are you even getting a gym for the volleyball team they at play, Alabama? They play at Foster, I believe. They right. Foster. So look, they're getting a state-of-the-art stadium strictly for volleyball. 
That is why tickets are $200, $1,000 on the court side. That's where you make your money at an athletic department. It kind of baffles me that, you know, y'all got women's sports that's not making money. Well, we're yeah. doing it in Texas and it's with relative ease. Dig. So, yeah. You think y'all get your accountants out there and look at that? You think your women's have, volleyball team's making money? Yeah, and that's yeah. why they're winning Natty. <laughs> I don't know about that. Go look at it. They just won two in a row. How much did they make? And I guarantee you, you're going to get a taste of it when we come in on July the second, and the volleyball team comes rolling in, and y'all got to come play in the Mini Moody Center. It's going to be jam-packed with people, and they all paid money to go see that. So, really? Yeah. I'll yeah. let you go. I was like, oh, red flag, red flag, $5 for food? <laughs> yeah, Something's going on. Yeah, thank you. Somebody's going to have to call it, explain that one to me. Uh, that's a big jump. Uh, so we'll... We, we will see. I know, I know cost of living's going up, but good lands. Uh, they'll never build that arena at, the, <laughs> at that rate. Uh, you know, I don't, even like South Carolina women's basketball, they, they get a ton of people there, but you know, mm-hmm. what are they charging for the tickets? Uh, you know, is the thing, you know, it's maybe $5 a ticket or something. So, uh, now they're, they're an exception there. Um, and they are winning uh, there. But most of these programs are losing money. Um, but uh, I think you still got to have them, don't you? They can't just run them out of town because they're losing no, money. You got you to have them. It's got to be balanced out. Federal government will be eat you alive if you, know, if, if you don't. It, it, it's a complicated thing because you're as an athletic director and, you're, and your staff trying to figure out how you can you know, cut down on travel and cut down on this and cut down on guarantees and people come in to play and I don't know what they're giving basketball people to come in on non-conference games now, but it's a lot more than, than the average fan would think. Yeah. Uh, the, the staff that they have uh, in all these sports that travel with them and need a hotel room and they got to eat and all, it's a, whew, it's a, it's a big, big number. All right, let's take the break here. We'll get to Jason. Before we do it, though, we got a great new sponsor, uh, Bryant Bank. Uh, four locations here in the Tuscaloosa area. They're spread throughout the state, but let's talk about Bryant Bank. Well, Bryant Bank is a bank that I've been involved with for a long, long time, not because I coached there, but because of their ability to handle what, what little money I have. But uh, they do a great job with you. They are around-the-clock banking a company that service they'll service you around the clock. You, you can do anything that you need to do anytime that you need to. Uh, the online servicing will be there for you if you go into Bryant Bank and you're brand new. Uh, you'll be welcomed, as I say every time. You need not only a bank but a banker, and uh, uh, these bankers can help you with the questions that you have. The zip code is a is a Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, or Alabama zip code, so. Uh, you you know exactly what you're getting. I think it's important that the, the bank will be local, uh, that they care for you and you care for them. Uh, you know, we have small businesses that are targeted by fraud attempts or even just people uh, in, in individually are, are targeted, and they're able to analyze, be they're darn sure they're covered everything. Every penny you have in that bank is covered, and so you're in great shape and notified if any problem comes up and, and uh, I want to tell you right now, if you got about four different places in the Tuscaloosa area, we probably have more listeners 
uh, in the Tuscaloosa area than anywhere, but we have them all over the state. And all over the state, Tuscaloosa Bank, a, a, a Bryant Bank will do a really great job for you. So uh, go by, tell them that you heard on inside the locker room, and uh, I think that uh, you're going to uh, just try them. Sir, if you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove, TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. 365 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, law and enforcement and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellow Oil Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern. Want to build the five-star backyard. There's only one product to make that happen. That is Yellow Wood. Go to yellowwood.com to find a dealer that is closest to you. All right, get to the Yellow Wood Hotline. He is the owner of the bigspur.com. Got several uh, podcasts. He'll tell you where to find all that at the end of the segment. We always enjoy having J.C. on. J.C. Sherbert. Good morning, J.C. How are you? Good morning. Oh man, well, ugly game last night for Ooh. Carolina, but uh, whew, how about that? Boy, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team shoot like Auburn did with their big guys. My God. Yeah. I uh, but I, and here's something I've missed. Uh, I didn't know Auburn had become like Cameron Indoor Stadium South. Yes. I mean, that place, whoever decided to downsize the arena and put all the students on the court and all that, that's smart. That's very smart, but uh, yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm enjoying uh, college basketball season. College baseball is coming up. Getting ready for some spring football. It's a it's a nice time of the year for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we won't talk about that game because that was I don't. It's terrible. Um, is is the is the hiring of uh, Kalen DeBoer? And the, the job that he's doing, I think his personality it, it fits is fitting real well. Uh, what's the thoughts about him? And he kept a couple of of the guys, Fred Roach and Gillespie guy, on, on gave them better jobs. Uh, any thoughts about that uh, in the outside world? Yeah, yeah, man, I've I've uh, followed Freddie Roach and um, Robert Gillespie's career for a long, long time. Those are uh, two outstanding people. Uh, outstanding coaches. Um, Robert's been around. He's coached a lot of different schools. Of course, played at Florida. He's from Mississippi originally. And then uh, Freddie's a guy that, as I came up through my career, and, and he was a young oh, coach. Alabama. Places. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, okay, you'd always talk about – people would always talk about how good of a coach he was when he was at the lower level. So I think that's uh, that's smart. Um, and I'll tell you this, well, one thing I noticed, and I don't know if I said this on the show or not, but, like, if you look at it, guys, the two schools with the most resources that had job openings this year, A&M and Alabama, did they go for the biggest name? No. They both went, and even if Mark Stoops had gotten A&M, uh, both athletic writers are smart. They went after guys that are great, proven game day coaches. So I'm wondering if the days of some of these guys that are super recruiters and, you know, game day is just to kind of out-talent people, I wonder if those days are, are, are going to be behind us with all the transfer portal and roster influx and all that because I don't know that you can sustain it by relying on just being a great recruiter because – 20% of your roster is going to turn over every year. You're going to have to have a guy that can get it done on game day. Uh, and I just found that interesting that, you know, Elko and DeBoer are both these guys that have won at places that you don't normally win. Uh, and then won big at places that, you know, have a chance like Washington. So uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting move because, you know, you've had a period of time where, you know, it's uh, the hype train. You know, the, the big name or whatever usually means the big recruiter and all that. But uh, these guys are just kind of proven winners, X's and O's uh, type of uh, football savant. So I thought that was an interesting uh, trend, considering A and M and Bama were the two schools with the most resources that opened. Uh, unless you, Michigan obviously promoted from within, but uh, you know, A and M and Bama certainly were on the market. Uh, Ryan Grubb and the offensive line coach Leaf, uh, it's been talked about it for a while to go to the Seattle Seahawks. There was a report out that they waited, uh, until the portal closed before they left. Now, once school starts and it's been going on for a couple of weeks, I don't think it's easy to get in and out of these schools. Uh, I've heard people say, well, if that's the case, that's wrong. Uh, other people smart. say it's smart. <laughs> you're, you're taking the rules and, uh, you somehow you're trying to uh, figure out what's best for your program. Where do you stand on that, uh, JC? Uh, if, if the, if that is true, is that just part of doing business or is that wrong? Oh, in yeah. Opinion, in your opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, you got to do, you got to protect your class. You know, nine times out of 10, you know, what you don't want to have happen is, and look, a lot of kids that are new to schools, especially freshmen, they get cold feet. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of players that have had great careers at school A, B, and C that the first two weeks they're at school, they want to go somewhere else or go home. I mean, and that's just, I think that's a lot of college kids in general. Uh, and then with the portal, those guys probably all have the suitcase packed anyway. So what you don't want to do is, is, is create a situation where you're giving someone some, mo- some, some false motivation, you know, Nobody came to Alabama, you know, and, and you know, and said, "Okay, well, you know, I'm only here because of Ryan Grubb. I'm only here because of this." Uh, and 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 honestly, Ryan Grubb is an excellent OC, obviously, but Kalen DeBoer's also got a long history of offense and innovation and, and all that. He's a great offensive coordinator in and of himself, you know. So, uh, and, and look, I, I think that's another reason you notice Brian Kelly at LSU this year. He cleaned house on defense and offense, uh, mostly defense. And he waited till after signing day. Yeah. Um, so that, and, and that's, and, and most of your assistant coaching churn this year did happen post signing day. 
uh, just because you didn't want to upset the apple cart. And so I, I think, unfortunately, it's another reason why the calendar is all screwed up right now uh, is that, you know, you're going to see this more and more and more. Is it totally fair to the kids? No. You know, because obviously there's going to be some relationships they build in the guy leaves. But you know, if you're going to make all these rules that are 100% in favor of the player and the coaches don't have – you know, not only the calendar, but the rules and everything are working against them. You, you, I mean, they have to fight with whatever they can get, do whatever they can to to do their job. So, I'm not, um, you know, I I think if we were in a little bit different climate, I may feel different right now. I I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. We go into eight or nine games when we go to twelve team, uh, sixteen teams. Where are we? Where are we there? I have felt that we were going to lose a lot of rivalry. That we've had, I think. I think football is a rival game, and I think you mm-hmm. play them so often, so less often that you not really is is. And of course, number thirteen is going to be all hacked off. He doesn't. They, that group doesn't get in when you, when you go to twelve. Any comments on that for next year? Yeah, next year it'll be eight, and I think twenty twenty five it'll be eight. Don't uh, the Texas athletic director, okay. yeah, eight games in the SEC. Okay. Uh, for the next two years. Now, the Texas Athletic Editor did an interview yesterday. Uh, gosh, I don't know who it was with, but uh, he said uh, he said the league's progressing towards nine by 2026, which is when the new playoff contract – I mean, they may just extend this one, but uh, – so the playoff contract's only to 2025. And I think this big chunk of money ESPN's going to come in with is going to include some money for more SEC games. Uh, and so what you'll do in that situation, you'll still play everybody within four years, but you'll have three permanent opponents and then six will rotate, um, every year. So it's a three, six, six model. Uh, and so in that case, uh, coach, I think you're going to preserve 99% of your rivalries. You know, in okay. other words, you know, right now you can't, Auburn and Georgia aren't going to play every year. Right now, um, you know, you don't have um, Bama and LSU every year. Right now, you don't have Texas, Texas A&M every year. Well, with three, you can squeeze everybody in. You know, in other words, Bama can play Auburn, Tennessee, LA, or LSU, or Mississippi State every single season and then still get to play everybody else. So that's, uh, you know, I think – and now, <laughs> I think it's a – you know, for some of these teams, nine SEC games, smart. No, I've always agreed that eight's plenty. But – um you know, I think that uh, times change and TV's driving all this and, you know, what TV wants, TV gets. So let's do nine and, and, and hope for the best. Uh, JC, we have a caller, Tom, asked a question yesterday about the new money that's coming in. I think they said over $7 billion, uh for the playoff. Uh, first of all, does the playoff handle all that particular money, uh, number one. And then how is it distributed? Do the, 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 the further you go in the 12 team playoff, you should make yeah. more, but does the, does all that, does Vanderbilt share in that money as well? Uh, probably yeah. not as much. How is that doled out? And then secondly, you know, if you play your 12 games in the regular season, let's say you go to the SEC championship. And you lose it, but you get in the final twelve. I mean, you can play up to like seventeen games. Do the players deserve to get any? Well, they put it where the players are going to make so much money per round that they go. Do they deserve to get a piece of this pie, uh, JC? 
I believe they do. I mean, I, people talk about opting out of bowl games and stuff and how to make bowl games better. Bowl games are like huge sponsors. They're like NASCAR. They're like sponsorship opportunities. Well, that's NIL. Duh. <laughs> but, but, you know, they have a rule the bowl games can't pay players. You know, so it's ridiculous. But, uh, no, I think they deserve some. I mean, do I think it's a deal breaker if they don't get it? No. High school teams play 15 or 16 games. The NFL plays 17 regular season. I mean, I know the NFL's getting paid. But, you know, that's not too many, in my opinion. Uh, especially when you're talking about, you know, a team that, you know, plays an extra game because they're trying to win a national championship or whatever. But what I like to see it happen, absolutely. Now, how the money's going to be, it's funny you said that because on JC and Morgan on the last episode, Mike broke it down for me. I was not aware of this. So you're going to have the money and it's distributed through the conferences. I think the power four will get 80%, the rest of them will get 20 And so then, but then the teams that are in the, for every round, my understanding is going to be about $4 million a round. So if you play three playoff games, that's $12 million. You know, because you, you, it's just like the bowls. The bowls pay these teams out. But do you have to? Do, do you have to still pay all your bowl expenses? It seems like it costs so much to go to these bowls. What? what who pays for that? I I don't know. See, the, the bowl game how it's set up now is, you know, the bowl game writes you a check, but you pay you the expenses out of that check. So yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure, but with seven point three billion, they can figure that out. <laughs> That'll hurt my head to do all that math. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everybody gets a little piece of the pie. Just the, the the more you're in it, the more you're going to make. Is what you're saying? Uh, is that yeah? Right? Which I think I think fair. I mean, look, man, you you go um, to see. All right, so you, you play three three bowl games. I doubt you're spending twelve million in expenses. Maybe two or three, uh, depending on where they're at. But um, so you're making a clear nine. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good payday for three extra games. Yeah, that. Oh, uh, I keep talking. I keep listening to one of the local yokel on TV that does basketball. There are going to be nine, ten teams in the NCAA in, in basketball. I, I, we have seven teams with losing records in the league right now with eight games left. Uh, I would think uh, unless we have somebody that's not in the top seven uh, win the tournament, which I don't think we will, um, that thing may not quite be at nine, although I don't know about the Big Ten or ACC has yeah. gone down a little bit. Big 12 has gone up. Any comments on that? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I think it, it's a when you look at it and you break it down, because these quad one wins mean a lot, right? Okay. And so you yeah. go down toward the end of the teams. And, and Mississippi State and Texas A&M, they've lost some games. Like They've got some bad losses. But they've also got an abnormal amount of quad one wins. So that's why you see them projected in the tournament. Uh, okay. Same with Florida. You know, so those three teams, they don't have winning records, but they've done well. The team I think is going to get left out is Ole Miss. I think, uh, I, I, they don't have enough quality wins. Uh, they've beaten everybody they should. Um, you know, losing, getting swept by Auburn, I think hurt them a little bit, but they still got an opportunity too, but it's, uh, yes, Kenny, that's a very deep league this year. Um, you know, so it could be that I, I don't think coach there's going to be more than one that has a losing conference record that gets in, but there could be one, especially at like Mississippi State, whose resume 
uh, out of conference, things like that. It, it, they got much better wins than their SEC record may show. And, uh, and then they've got a lot of opportunities coming up too to, to get that right. So I think, uh, I think eight or nine, um, you know, I don't see 10, but eight or nine. Okay. Um, you know, Alabama basketball and South Carolina basketball, they got two hot coaches. Uh, you got the Ohio State job open. Uh, now there'll be more to come. I think Lamont Paris, I say only, uh, is making a little bit over, uh, $2 million. I think Nate Oates is, you know, around five or over five now. Uh, I asked Kevin Skarbinski yesterday, do these ADs get ahead of the curve knowing people are going to be coming after their coaches and try to, Go ahead and tear yeah. up these deals and, and try to get them new deals before people come running, or you just kind of see how it plays out, JC? Uh, I mean, it's two different situations. I mean, with Oates, he's been there for so long and winning big. You know, you got a new arena coming, and, you know, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think every year you need to check in with him because he's going to be, uh, for some of these blue bloods, and he's going to be hot. With Lamont specifically, you know, here's the thing about him. He's born in Finley, Ohio. He played at Worcester College in Ohio. His family's in Ohio. You look at that staff outside of Kerry Rich and Eddie Shannon, they're all from Ohio. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. A lot of people have the state of Ohio moves to South Carolina by the time they're 55 anyway. So uh, <laughs> Lamont, <laughs> he may not want to go back to the cold weather um, but they're going to have, I mean, they're going to have to step up and pay him. Obviously, he's done a tremendous job, a miraculous job this year, uh, at Carolina. But, you know, that, that, that specific job being open, Ohio State, I think, you know, I think it's going to cause Ray Tanner and Chance Miller and those guys to maybe try to, to head it off. And, and, and he may end up getting a little more money than, than he maybe thought he would <laughs> because of that. Um, but yeah, you have to pay these guys, and it's a, you know, it's a revenue sport. So you know, pay them what they're worth. Uh, here locally, uh, you know, Scott Cochran was a big part of Nick Saban. Uh, he wanted to be on the field. He left, uh, went to Georgia. He and Kirby uh, were really, really close. Uh, he had some problems, whatever they were, and had to leave. Uh, came back. I don't think he ever went back on the field. Uh, I don't know why. He was, uh, he's no longer there, but evidently his office was cleaned out. Uh, and so everybody's screaming here, bring him back. Of course, they don't know why mm. Georgia's not keeping him. There's got to be some reason as to why. So certainly you'd have to look into that. But, um, you know, he was good for Coach Saban, but that was Coach Saban, uh, here and he, he worked for Coach Saban. Is that something Coach DeBoer should at least investigate or is, I don't know your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, you know, Barry, and I'm not privy. I have not. I don't know why uh, he's not with Georgia anymore. But that would be the first piece of information before considering anything like that. Sure. Man, I, I, I think it's easy for fans to to because Scott Cochran's like he was probably one of the first famous strength coaches out there, and yeah. then, you know, you know, kind of. Publicize and stuff. And certainly, I've, I've a massive amount of respect for the work he's done in college football. But in a situation like that, it's just kind of like, well, you know, he kind of left for personal reasons, came back. Now he's gone. Office. I mean, what's going on would yeah. be my question. Because Kirby, like you said, they're, they're, that's not just going to happen in a vacuum. Um, so that would be my question. And if I were a fan, 
before I started screaming about that, I may like use my noggin to think about that. They for don't. A little bit. They don't around here. You know, I just bring him back. And so, like, all of a sudden, I mean, come on, man. I mean, and look, hey, if it's no big deal and, you know, all that, he wants to come back, yeah, maybe consider it. I mean, the guy put in a lot of work at Bama. I get that. I respect it. But you got to find out the details before. You could, because uh, that's, you know, once you get it, like, oh, well, you hit a bump in the road, whatever, but then this happens again, you know, you, you can't, you, you got to do your due diligence and find out why before you can even approach something like that. And I, if I'm Kalen DeBoer, that's way down the list of uh, things I'm going to like trying to do as I <laughs> settled in at Bama. Yeah, but I don't think uh, fans even look at like, well, something had to happen there. Like he and Kirby are boys. So it wasn't like he just yeah. packed it up for no reasons. So there's got to be a, so you got to look at that, but they just, I mean, it's just like automatically just bring him, bring him, bring him. They don't, they don't think this thing through at all. JC, uh, JC, nah, uh, we got, we got an NCAA that everybody's lost confidence in. We got one that, uh, would like to find. Tennessee and Virginia, they sued them. Uh, the, nobody feels like the NCAA has. A, I know they got the new guy that was a governor or wherever, uh, but they don't. They 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 going to bring down stuff against colleges, but you you don't have anybody to talk to. <clears throat> you don't have anybody authority. You know, I think about Nick Saban could run in or whatever. He's not going to do that. But yeah. where are we? Where are we with the NCAA with our coaches? And our colleges and our athletic directors as to who they can discuss things with and and have some authority. Nah, there's nobody. I mean, it's and this lawsuit is very interesting because this is not a lawsuit that says you know, they're not defending anything. They're saying it's illegal by the law, uh, labor laws, antitrust laws, all that. For the NCAA to prevent NIL collectives <laughs> from recruiting players and make uh, recruits directly making deals. Now, you're not supposed to do that, right? So if they rule in favor of Tennessee and Virginia, there's going to be even more uh, wild free for all third parties, people involved than you could ever imagine. And so that's. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy. The lawsuit's absolutely nuts. Uh, but unfortunately, the NCAA has done it to themselves. So depending on how this ruling goes now, there is a stat. 97% of these cases go in favor of the defendant in court. So it would be sort of unprecedented for Tennessee and Virginia to win. But if they win, it's uh, the NCAA is pretty much over. And I think that's why Sankey and the Big Ten got together and formed their committee because you kind of look off into the horizon. Well, if the laws start working against the NCAA, they're they're too. You're going to have to figure out some other form of governance. And uh, I think that was smart of them to get together and at least start talking about some realistic solutions. The NCAA is this big organization full of people that don't know anything about sports. So <laughs> I, I think that having Petiti and and Stanky and the SEC and Big Ten working on some of this, they know sports. They understand. Um, there's some trust there, so I um, I feel I feel good about that. But now this lawsuit goes in favor of Tennessee and Virginia. It, it's like the horn blowing of the Kentucky Derby, or or gentlemen start your engines in NASCAR because it's all I mean it's going to be crazy. Is there anything uh, I know you're involved with the collective? Um, 
to where I don't know what, if Caleb Downs was getting money here or not. Uh, but when when these guys leave, is there any penalty towards what they what they they make this money and then they can just leave anytime they want? Is there is there anything in a collective in a contract there that? can make these guys pay the money back if they leave uh, in certain situations or if they get it, they just get it and they can go whenever they want. How does that work? Jason? Yeah. I mean, you don't, you try not to cut any deals with any, a bunch of upfront money first and foremost, because what, what you basically do is if they leave, you just cut the stick at all. Yeah. Because you can require them to be a student athlete in good standing at the university of blah, 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 because that's their NIL value. But like, if they get hurt, you still got to pay them. Uh, you know, you, you can't if they don't play well or they don't get on the field or on the court. You still got to pay them. I mean, that's pay for play. Now, this lawsuit, though, if they rule in favor, all of a sudden that empowers collectives, in my opinion, way more than they should be. So you could have something like that because it, 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 what they're saying is you cannot prevent. You, you could not say, you could not rule, collectives, you, that you could not touch them. They're independent business organizations. And so the NCAA can't say anything about an independent business organization making a private contract with a student athlete that stipulates he has to play. So, you know, cause a lot of marketing contracts, you know, are like that. You know, if you're McDonald's and, uh, you got to make Michael Jordan promoting your hamburgers and Michael Jordan breaks his leg and quits basketball. And it's a three-year deal, and he's got two left on it. Chances are, there's a clause in that contract that says he's not getting that money. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you know, the these people screaming, but if a guy plays better, he's going to want more money. If the guy's playing bad, maybe he shouldn't get anything. Maybe he should pull it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing too. I mean, I'll use another example. If you're if you're playing for the Colts and you're a spokesperson for an Indianapolis car dealership. And you get traded to the Raiders, that car dealership endorsement's going away, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, or if you leave in free agency, like LeBron James, uh, all of his Cleveland endorsements probably left when he went to Miami, right? You yeah. know. Now the the pros they have national stuff and all that, but it's a it's a it's it, it, and look, I, and I kind of agree with that because there is some take the money and run going on around college football. I don't like it at all. Uh, I'm I'm one of these. Hey, if you earn it, great. If not, you didn't earn it. Um, and there's a lot, there's some guys that don't earn it, you know. Uh, so that's, uh, that would, to me, that would actually be smart if the NCAA would, would allow that to happen, but they're not because the charade of amateurism, you know, oh, that's pay for play. You can't do that. So, uh, watch this lawsuit. There's a, this is a Pandora. This is the big one or one of the big ones. Yeah. This is Pandora's box if, yeah. if, if Tennessee and Virginia went. I know you got to go, but in closing, if Taylor Swift was like your like your program, like your school, could you buy a bunch of players? Uh, yes, I, I tell her to call me. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that call out is going to work like Travis Kelsey's call out. But yeah, you tell her I tried to give her a friendship bracelet. Uh, is is Travis Kelsey the way he acts? Is he really a He's a stupid. catch? Is, it, is that a catch? I don't know. I think he and his he and his brother are kind of a breath of fresh air. They're just kind of normal guys, you they know. Are. But would you want your daughter dating Travis Kelsey? Think about it like that. Yeah. Hey, over, all right. So let's look at the other guys he, she's dating. All right, <laughs> I would take Travis Kelsey over every one of those guys. 
the, the neck beards and the artists and all. No, no. I'll take Nick her. Beard. Give me Travis oh, Kelsey. My hell. Yeah, well. Travis Kelsey can protect her, man. I mean, those other, I mean, they're not. <laughs> those other little guys, the emo guys and stuff, the British dudes, she did, uh-uh. No, you give me Travis Kelsey on that list. I don't know. But do they have to kiss every time they see Right, your university a chick. Man, yeah. hey, you got it made. Super Bowl, I, well, Super Bowl went way up. Uh, the eyes on the. Super I was in Bowl. Vegas. I was in Vegas last weekend, fellas. We went out for a concert, and it was uh, it was it was so cool. Be I mean, tickets were seven thousand dollars a piece. I was the one going. That's what and I, I heard. think. Taylor I heard Swift had a lot to do with a piece per per person. Yeah, I, I I think Taylor Swift had a lot to do with that and the ratings. So, um, but it, it uh it was just great being in that atmosphere, man, and uh, seeing. And it's interesting because some fans of other schools buy tickets like a year in advance. So we ran into some Buffalo Bills fans <laughs> that were just out there. They had bought tickets a year ago when they were two thousand. Uh, Baltimore Ravens fans all over the place that have bought tickets. I mean, it was it's an inter- it's different than college, way different than college. But I'll tell you what, but in, in but that, that, tra- that shooting yesterday, those kids injured, so I'm about oh, to lose their lives. Terrible deal. That's a, that, whoever did that's a loser and needs to be locked under the jailhouse. Yeah, oh, congratulations. Before they put him in the in the in the in the pen or in the electric chair, they need to shoot him. They need to hang him yeah. in front of have a parade and hang him. Um, well, that's what they used to do in Kansas City back in the day when it was the further you know the western outpost. They, they'd hang you in a heartbeat. Yeah. All right, JC. Tell everybody we can find you. All right, go to the download the Chief Sports app um, to get JC and Morgan. I think we're recording one later today. Myself and Mike Morgan, we talk about a lot of different topics in college football. Also, we got some Alabama Auburn stuff there, SEC stuff, entertainment, travel, whatever you want. Chief Sports app, it's free on uh, iOS, on Android, uh, and it's an ever expanding network. Uh, it's uh, kind of my little baby right now that I'm trying to grow. So uh, please uh, download that. And like I said, check us out, jcmorgan.com. Thank you, JC. Thanks, JC. Thank you. All right, uh, we'll take this uh, top of the hour break. We want to thank Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. I always remember if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it. Sports betting in Alabama. Contact your legislator today by visiting sportsbettingalliance.org. Paid for by Sports Betting Alliance. Sportsbettingalliance.org. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. News from the NFL where the San Francisco 49ers fired the defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after just one season and a Super Bowl loss. Meanwhile, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs announced a contract extension for their defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, who just wrapped up his fifth season with the Chiefs. In the NBA, most of the teams played their final games before the All-Star break and some games of note. Celtics win by 50 over the Nets, 136-86. The Celtics and NBA best 43-12 and 12 at the All-Star break. Clippers over the Warriors on the road 130-125. to 125. LA's a game back in Minnesota with the top record of the West. Magic beat the Knicks 118-100. to 100. Heat over the Sixers in Philadelphia 109-104. Kings knock off the Nuggets in Denver 102-98. And the Cavaliers beat the Bulls 108. Done right. That's simple human sense. So contact Pritchett Moore Insurance today and let our professionals find the right insurance solution for you. Visit pm-insurance.com or stop by the Tuscaloosa office today. 
Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. All-State Insurance Agent Andrew Kniffer. Andrew's my agent. Let him become yours. He will take great, great care of you. Uh, let Andrew run the numbers for you. Looking for home, life, auto, whatever you need. They're out at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 in Norport. You can swing by there or dial this number, 205-722-9201. I made the switch over four years ago, Andrew. I haven't had to use them much, but uh, the few times I've had, they've taken great care of me, and they'll do the same for you. Once again, give them a call. Tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you, 205-722-9201. All right, to the Andrew Kniffer Hotline, get Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Morning. Morning, Barry. Morning, Coach. How are you all this morning? I'm trying to get your questions answered, Tom. I'm trying. (laughs) I found out. I found out the answer, Barry. If uh, if you wanted me sure. to talk about that, sure. Well, uh, the, the the playoff football college football playoff committee is made up of members or employees of the Power Five uh, school or appointees of Power Five schools. In other words, they have some kind of affiliation with the Power Five, which is now the Power Four, and they are. Uh, are in charge of negotiations. The committee is of uh, of the uh, di- distribution of the money that the uh, playoff uh, generates, okay. and it's it's distributed to each conference from okay. uh, the playoff committee. Then the conference is uh, responsible how they do the money with their members. And uh, and that's basically it in a nutshell. Now, there's a few more little intricate things that you don't want to go into over there, but that's the basic premise of how they operate. They are not a separate entity. They are a, a product of the Power Five, which is now the Power Four. And uh, and so it works like that. And, and then, of course, uh, the new contract, when it comes into play, There'll be a lot more distribution of uh, of the power four uh, from the committee because of the amount of money, as you can imagine, seven point eight billion will be uh, a bigger cut of the pie. And uh, but anyway, that's basically how it works. But you know, JC is one of the better guests that you have. His intelligence and knowing uh, how. Sports, uh, college sports works is interesting to me. I think he does an outstanding job. Yeah. But he said a couple of things this morning that are interesting to me. First of all, the contract, news of the contract of the playoffs comes out from ESPN and the College Football Playoff Committee. Prior to that, and probably knowing that that's going, what's going to happen, the SEC and the Big Ten get together and form a committee, right? And also, in lieu of the matter of uh, Tennessee, Virginia, and the NCAA, NCAA locked up in a lawsuit about NIL. And uh, and and I think J.C. is correct when he says 
if the NCAA loses this lawsuit, they're finished. They are finished. They they will have no more enforcement power whatsoever because they cannot win in the battle of, uh, of court. And uh, and I think he is absolutely right about that. And I do think though that what's happening is the money coming from ESPN for the playoffs, the Big Ten, the SEC forming that committee, they're looking to pull out and uh, probably take the Big 12 with them. And uh, maybe the SEC, I don't know, but uh, ACC. But some things are going on, and uh, and I believe that uh, as a result of this lawsuit with Tennessee and Virginia. Yeah, uh, yeah the way he explained it, I think he's right. I mean, I'm almost pulling for the NCAA in this situation because I don't want any wilder than it, than it already is. Uh, Tom, where do you stand on it? Well, I think that uh, that there's too many small schools have too big of a voice in the business of foot, college football. That that is the problem to me. They 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 went down this road several years ago of let's be fair. It will not work. In, in, in college football. It will not work. You cannot, everybody's not going to be equal to Alabama, USC, Michigan. They just, it just ain't going to happen. And, uh, and I think, uh, uh, commissioners, uh, Sankey and others recognize this and they need to eliminate that voice in college football. It will work in NCAA college basketball because just the sheer number of members of each team, you can be a little, <laughs> you can have a different thing, but you can't do it in football. I think they need to fix baseball too. If the SEC wants to give oh, yeah. more scholarships in the Sun Belt and baseball because they can, I think they should be allowed to, Tom. Uh, now I'm speaking. Well, they certainly got the money. Yeah. Money is not the problem in the uh, SEC or the Big Ten or the, or the uh, Big 12 for, for that matter. It's not a problem. And uh, you hear Digger talking about the kind of money Texas generates. Oklahoma generates a lot of money. Hey, that, that, you know, out there, it, it, money's not a problem either, just like it's not in the SEC. And, uh, and yeah, we can afford baseball. We just need to do it. Um, can you research this for me, Tom? How do we go from spending nine hundred something thousand to over four million in meals uh, on campus meals? How is that even possible, Tom? Look at the rate of inflation. Add that to <laughs> add that to that nine hundred thousand, and you'll figure out where why we're at the place we are. Not only in uh, Tuscaloosa, but all over the United States of America. And uh, I'm not going to go political on you, but that's the reason. Oof, that's a big jump there. Listen, listen, guys. In- hey, look at look at how everything they else eating, going up. <laughs> they must be eating steak three times in, a day. In Patey Hall, in Patey Hall on campus, there's a Cane's Chicken Finger restaurant. If you go there enough times, it stacks up. Really? They got Cane's in Patey Hall? Oh, I didn't know that. All well, right. I'll tell you what you do. You go anywhere and uh, and, and look at the increase in uh, – and the prices on menu, uh, just in fast food, everything, everything's gone up. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that it has for these, uh, these people that furnish these meals for these college students too. But, uh, hey, 
it's it's real and the inflation is set in. No doubt. Thank you, Tom. See you. Thanks, Tom. All right. Uh, I don't know, Dad. Do you think uh, is college athletics getting to where we got to have one set of rules for college football, and then probably, you know, uh, I don't. I hope I don't mess with the NCAA tournament basketball. I think that model works, uh, but football, it's probably it's probably time uh, to be quite yeah. honest with you. They uh, star baseball to death. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, now the transfer. I was looking at Auburn's projected starters uh, tomorrow. Like <laughs> four of the nine positions are transfers that are going to come in there and start. Uh, so you know, those guys. That's just kind of the way it is. But we'll see what happens here with Alabama. I was talking to a guy that said they've added some big time transfers, big old big old kids that can really play. So we'll see. Uh, and their pitching staff is supposedly uh, second to none uh, here in Tuscaloosa. So. Uh, should be a big year for Alabama and Auburn uh, baseball, which gets started uh, tomorrow. U.S. to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center along Highway 82. Seeing five-minute delays both directions between Airport Road and Jack Warner. I-20 and I-59 traffic remains clear. 359 all sense for your business. Go to townsquarelocal.com for a free demo of the Townsquare Business Management Platform. Visit townsquarelocal.com. That's townsquarelocal.com. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet Look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another very nice day today with a sunny sky, Tuscaloosa's high 67. Tonight, fair with a low at 46. Tomorrow, partially sunny during the day. Then, a chance of some light rain tomorrow night. High tomorrow afternoon at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Royal Cleaners, they want to make your life easy for you. They'll come right to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back to you. If you want to drop off, you can drop off today, pick up tomorrow, no problems. They're at University Boulevard, uh, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851 Rice Mine Road is uh, the place where I go, right there out there by the public. So give them a call today for all your cleaning needs, 205-391-0034. All right, uh, get right to the uh, Royal Cleaner Hotline, obviously, uh was a great coach here at Alabama as an assistant for dad and head coach. Uh, was also went to Japan. I didn't realize he went to Japan, dad. As I was, yeah. was also at Iowa State. State. Uh, yeah. Coach David Hobbs. Good morning, coach. How are you? Hey, David. How you doing, Barry? Good. How you doing, Rob? I'm fine. Hey, um, 
Appreciate you taking time to be on. I uh, wanted to ask you this. I, basketball, and I got, I got to be careful, you know, the way I say it because I want people to think whatever, has changed a lot because when you and I were coaching, we kept our guys most of the time four years. I lost Derek McKee and Enos Watley too early. You lost some probably too early. But basically, it's it's it. Maybe a little bit, it may have been a little bit more competitive, I think. I, I better put it like that. The league a little tougher back then because, you, and Barry's even said this, that it, uh, you kept the same kids over and over and over every year. It's hard to win on the road. It's like it, like it is this year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The way that the rules have changed in the last few years with the, uh, image and likeness and the portal, I mean, it's just, uh, it's very difficult, I think, to, to uh, maintain a program, you just have to deal with a team every year, you know, because it's going to be so different. Guys are going to run away when they when they don't have success early, and and uh, you know, with the with the money that's going around these days, they're always shopping that. So it's, you know, it's a difficult it's a difficult time, you know, and it's just why you, if you look at I think Auburn's a good example, you, you know, where you got their kid in there that's been there in their program and, and developed. Um, you know, he, he really has come along, especially especially in the last couple of years. And, you know, these days, uh, if he had started now, the chances of him staying there or whatever might be, you know, diminished. Yeah, be gone. Yeah. Uh, coaches, you, uh, I know you were doing the radio for Alabama, uh, the other day, but as you, as you watch their style of play, uh, and try to defend it, you know, when they were playing Georgia, uh, even when Georgia was up 17 to two, you always felt like the way they play, all they got to do is get hot for like, you know, a three, four minute period there and they can get right back in that game. This style really keeps them in every game. Uh, that, that even, even on the road where it seems like Auburn's a completely different team, uh, at home. I mean, like not even the same team. And then when they go to Florida and on the road, they just look completely different. But Alabama seems to be, uh, pretty consistent with their play. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And the game that, that, that I was at, the Mississippi State game, I mean, basically the, the, the pace of the game probably was going Mississippi State's way in the first eight or ten minutes, and then all of a sudden Alabama kind of quickened the pace and pushed it up the court and took the quick shot and got the offensive rebound all over the 50-50 balls and so forth, and and then they just changed the game, and then by the, by the probably by halftime, and certainly by the, you know, the shortly into the second half, they just took Mississippi's will away, you know, but they can score in bunches, so they're never really out of a game. Their whole thing to me is, is, uh, in, in the game that I saw with Mississippi State, they play with great energy on the, on the defensive end. Uh, they had Nelson getting foul trouble early, but then those other guys, Wagi and Diabati, they came in and did a great job on the inside protecting and rebounding and, and, uh, you know, so, so it's just one of those things where if they can, if they can defend, um, you know they got a chance in every game. I I, I did a little uh, research before I went down there because I really had seen Alabama more from a casual standpoint of kind of watching games without really studying games. Different difference. And so when I was kind of studying a little bit in preparation for that for doing that uh, radio deal, um, 
the thing really jumps out to you is uh, if Alabama scores 80 points or if the defense, if the opponent scores 80 points or less, Alabama is 14-0. and 0. Yeah. If the opponent scores 81 or more, they're 3-7. and seven. So, you know, really the, 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 the biggest deal, even though they're good, really good on offense and at, at a, on occasion, you know, you'll be able to outscore people just because you're better than they are on offense or whatever. And the, you can get in a high scoring game and, and win. But for, for the most part, you know, I think that Alabama going forward down the stretch of this thing, especially if they want a chance to win the, win the, uh, league, you know, they, they've got to shore up their defense. I think they're getting better in that regard, but, uh, you know, they need to keep improving on that end. Yeah. I think the thing that they, they do that you understand, dad understands is their spacing, uh, for three point shooting is so good, uh, because they, they stay properly spaced. They put those guys in the corner. And so literally it opens up driving lines to where if you don't help, the guy can get all the way downhill and get to the Mark Sears is tremendous layup shooter for a guy his size. If you help, they kick out for threes. Uh, did you, did you see that in studying them that, that, that it's not something that they're running is really complicated. It's the spacing part that makes them so hard to guard. Yeah, no question. And I think pace has a lot to do with the, with their success. If they're pushing the pace and, you know, when I said that thing about the defensive thing, you have to put a little caveat in there for them because they play at such a fast pace on offense that you're going to have more defensive possessions. So it's going to put more pressure on your defense to, to perform. But when they're on offense, the thing jumped out at me, and I think it's really been true most all years. They've been pretty, besides the spacing, which is really good, um, you know, they've got perimeter shooters at every spot out there, you know even five spots a lot of the times and uh and and they've been pretty unselfish you know and so what happens is you put the the, the defense is under the dilemma first of all you got to get back you got to cover the three-point line when you get back you can't foul them because they you know shoot 80 percent as a team and then and then once they're spaced out there uh you know now as they move the ball in an unselfish manner, you've got to close out. And if you close out and take away the three-point shot, they're capable of putting the ball on the floor. And, and once they put the ball on the floor, if they draw an extra defender, they're willing to give the shot up, uh, you know, give the pass up, and, and they get a lot of wide-open threes. In Mark Sears' case, um, you know, studying him, he, he's a, he, in my opinion, like particularly going left. He's very strong going left. He's, he's strong in his upper body. He's strong in his lower body. He knows how to kiss kiss it high off the glass, so he gets it over uh, bigger defenders. And in my mind, um, you know, if Mark Sears is taking you on the drive and he gets even with you, especially going left, he's probably beat you already. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to get by you. On the right side, he kind of needs to get by you because he's putting it up with his left hand. He's not as good at kissing it off the glass with his right hand. And so, uh, but, you know, he's he's been – very consistent and, um, you know, made a lot of improvement in that way. And, and, and really in his, he puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Yep. That. Uh, of course, you know, I'm a big schedule guy. I always was the conference schedule, um, playing, you know, five teams twice. Sometimes you're a little bit luckier, uh, the five that you play twice because all of a sudden the people that had studied in the conference office, they give you two teams that, it's going to give you four wins. So the schedule thing is 
is is different where I, you know I had it uh, home and home and you basically did too I guess I can't remember I guess yours home and home too with yeah yeah that's right but, and uh, but you know it, it's really made up you know quite a difference in the study of trying to get I know you get ready for every game and we did for every game except we double got ready for Auburn but uh, <laughs> it yeah. it was a little different I thought it is a little different excuse me. Yeah, and there's no question about that. You know, looking at the SEC schedule coming down the stretch, and and where teams are at this particular point in time, it's in my mind, it's really a, a you know a four team race with, yeah, I, I, you know, based on yesterday's deal, I, uh, you know, South Carolina, sure. they defend and they rebound. Obviously, they ran into a buzzsaw last night or whatever, but you know, they won on the road and so forth. But I think Alabama and Auburn and and Tennessee, they all. Are looking at a chance to win the uh, the SEC regular season championship, and and uh, you know in Alabama and Auburn's case, the way this, the schedule falls, you know both of them still have to play Kentucky. The difference is uh, Alabama plays them on the road, I believe, and they still both have to play Tennessee. And in Alabama's case, they play in Tennessee at home. Auburn's playing Tennessee on the road, but. Um, you know, both of them have opportunity. Both of them got chances for uh, quad one wins to improve their uh, seeding in the NCAA tournament. And uh, it, it should be an interesting deal down the stretch. Uh, we're talking with Coach uh, David Hobbs. Coach, you'd be one to to, to know this. Uh, maybe there's not a problem. Maybe I just see it. Kentucky just doesn't seem like Kentucky anymore. I, I don't know. When you used to go to Rupp Arena, like there was just virtually no way you were going <laughs> to win there. Uh, seems like the atmosphere is not near as good. Maybe because they're not as good. The atmosphere is not near as good. The program seems to have slipped a little bit. Maybe it's uh, the level of player that they're getting. Uh, what do you see when you see Kentucky, this version of Kentucky? Well, one of the issues you have at Kentucky, and obviously I have a pretty inside sure. information on that from being there, is, uh, you know, the issue at Kentucky sometimes is not, you know, how good your team is. It's like what is the expectation for your team, Yeah, you know. And so the problem becomes playing up to your expectation. In Cal's case, he's raised expectations, so now, uh, you, you know, they judge it off of that. He had all that early success, and... I think, I think if they don't, you know, Kentucky's all about going to Final Fours and winning national championships. They kind of take SEC championships for granted. Whether that's good or bad, I don't, I don't really know. But and and whether that's even realistic, I, I don't know. But they, they, um, you know, they've got those those expectations. And and the, and the problem that you have at Kentucky, even though you fill a building up, you you fill Rupp Arena up. The problem with it is, is most of those people there are there to be entertained. Yeah. They're not really there to be, you know, edging your team on. When I was at Iowa State, that had a full building too, not as many people as uh, as Kentucky, obviously, with, with Rupp Arena. But they they were there to help you win. You know, they were there to, you know, cheer you on. Kentucky's fans tend to be there to be entertained. And right now, when you... When you lose three games in a row, home games in Rupp Arena, and it hadn't happened since 1966 and 67, they're not entertained. <laughs> you know, so he's got a young roster. He's, they're up and down because of that. 
I think the biggest problem that they have is, is again, you know, pointing to what Alabama's um, key to success is, is on the defensive end. They, they're last in the SEC in points allowed. You know, and those three losses that they had at home, they gave up 91 to Florida, 103 to Tennessee, 89 to Gonzaga. Mm. Well, you know, when you do that, you, it's the, the probability, unless you're really, you know, and they, they can get hot on offense. But, you know, that's not going to carry you when you're giving up those kind of points. So I think that's, that's, that's the issue at, 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 uh, at Kentucky. And, and, you know, and when they lose like that and, and all that goes on swirling around in the, in the media and the people talking in the street and all that that goes on at Kentucky, if the, the, the players are not immune from that. And then they probably lost a little bit of confidence. And now when you come down the stretch in a game, it's like instead of knowing you're going to win, like most of the time, that's what happened at at, at Rupp Arena. You just knew you were going to win. Yeah. Now they may have a little bit of doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. Uh, that uh, I don't really uh, the um, the NCAA has, has said. Well, we got one guy on there that I can't handle. Said nine or ten teams. Every, he, he worries me out talking about how good Tennessee is. And of course, Tennessee guys are friends of mine, but I won't get into that. But uh, we had we had a commentary. Uh, uh, we had somebody on me to go that said that you know the Mississippi State's and people even we got seven teams with losing records. Uh, that that although that's the case, as they go through it, the quad one wins are going to push to get them to the NCAA tournament. He felt. Maybe the one that was a little bit on the bubble was Ole Miss, and naturally I'm talking with eight games left, so we're just talking. Uh, but you know, I, I would see, I would see teams with losing records not getting in. I don't care how many card one wins ahead. You know, it's always interesting to see where they sit you. They set us at some bad places, and you know, you and I even played against each other when I was. You know, when we played y'all in Albuquerque one time, but it's, it's, it's really difficult to really know exactly what happens in those first, you know, getting past the first, the first 16, getting into the first 16 is not an easy job either. Huh. Well, there's no doubt about it. I, I think that right now, looking at the uh, standards in the SEC and the way these teams have played, regardless of what their, um, you know, their record is overall, um, you know, they some of them have losing uh, conference records or close to losing right. Well, maybe end up with a losing record, but uh, you know, I think in uh, the, you know, I think there's probably seven teams that are solidly in, and that yeah, may be right. stretching it by by yeah. one with Texas A and M. You know, they've been kind of up and down, and they still they still got. You know they they get a quad loss. I, I guess it's probably a quad three loss to Vandy the other day. And, uh, you know, so they could be a little bit on the shaky side. I think they're solidly in now. But Ole Miss, the problem for Ole Miss is their schedule, even though they got that you know, that quick start in overall wins, you know, they've come back to reality in the, in the SEC. Yeah. And, you know, they've lost three in a, three in a row now. Uh, you know, Mississippi State, I think the problem with Mississippi State that they may have coming down the stretch if they don't improve them is they're only one in six on the road. So they've only won one one road game. So does, does that mean that they're going to lose the road games down the stretch or whatever? And if so, you know they may not get in. So it's no, just, they may uh, not. 
Yeah. You know, I just think it's a couple couple of teams that that um, they still have a lot to be determined. But I, I think yeah. probably seven or solidly in, and and yeah, of those seven, of, of those seven, you know, two or three of them are going to be, you know, top two or three seeds. Yeah. I uh, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in and play Bucky and have it Samford. Because you may not be on the, in the second game where you only have one day to get ready. <laughs> no, that, that would be a bad, you know. <laughs> I, and, and you know they they're falling. If you look at Lenardi, which you know people have their opinions about Joe Lenardi, but the the, the thing of it is, if at the end of the day, as they're arguing about all his picks and you know opining about what he's right on and wrong on, at the end of the day, he's almost always right. Yeah. You know. And so right now, I think he's got Sanford in at a uh, as a 12 seed, and you know that's yeah. in that five twelve thing that you have a lot yeah. of upsets in that five twelve. Well, so sure if do. I'm a five, if yeah. I'm a five and I'm looking up and I've got Sanford as a twelve, <laughs> uh, you know, I actually went to their game last night for for a little bit, uh, you know, for about a half, and uh, they just play with so much energy. They're deep. They play like 12 guys. Everybody giving them everything they got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they press and they cause turnovers. They score off the turnovers. They get every 50-50 ball. Uh, They're just an energy group. And he's done a great, he's done a great job with them. And they've got, because of the portal too, they've they've gotten a little better player than he started out with. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to touch them. Yeah. Is that team, I know they deserve it, uh, but will they get it if they don't win their tournament? It's such a shame. Will they get in, Coach? They won't have the resume uh, that you probably need, and people don't want to play Sanford, uh, to be honest with you, so it's hard to get those wins. Can they still get in if they don't win the conference tournament? Well, you know, they lost the first two games of the yeah. year. Of course, one of them was against Purdue. Sure. <laughs> and the other one, I think, was at VCU. So they it, they don't really have a lot of chance for, you know, quad one or even quad two game wins a lot of times. So, you know, I, I was talking to uh, Martin Newton last time that I was over there at Stanford, not not last night, but before. And, he, of course, he's on the NCAA committee. That's and his what opinion, I think <laughs> Yeah, his, his opinion is, though, that they have to, you know, all that counts is the tournament. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, they can set themselves up. They probably can make sure that they're in the NIT, I guess, but because of the perception of the league, even though they've only lost one game in conference, and you know if that holds, um, they may have an argument, but they but they might lose the argument. Well, if I'm an AD and I'm it's my team and I'm in that meeting, I do some, I do some tall talking behind the scenes in the restroom <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, but it's just, there's like no way, uh, you know, when you look at it, it's just, it's a shame to be honest with you when you have a season. Well, the problem is, the problem is the team that beat you, that won the, 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 the league tournament, they eliminated you yeah. from the tournament. You know what I mean? So it's like you should have been in there and every, every metric is showing them being in at this point in time. But if they get beaten the tournament, that team may, so now the argument is, does that league deserve two teams? And most of the time, they're going to say no. Yeah. Well, I'd rather see a team like that than a 
Ole Miss get in, you know, somebody that's, you know, down at the bottom of the SEC that, that ekes in there, but uh, it never happens uh, very often. Uh, coach, well, I mean, if they, if they consider in quality wins, if that's one of the metrics that they're using to determine who's in, you know, Ole Miss, for example, has got all kinds of opportunities yeah. to, uh, and they've even won three games on the road, you know, in the league. So, you know, that's the, that, that becomes the argument. You know, if you go with your heart, you'd say, let's put Sanford in. You go with your head, they're probably going to say, let's put Ole Miss in the Ole Miss State or somebody. <laughs> but you're right. If you're a five seed and Sanford pops up, you're like, oh no. Oh <laughs> yeah. You don't, I don't think you want, well, and, even and, if you're and, a four seed. And you got limited, and you got limited, you have limited time to get ready for oh, yeah. And even though, you know, they come from a lesser league, they play a style that most uh, wacky way. Yeah, you know, wacky. Yeah, you don't want to play them as a two seed, three seed. You don't even want to see them at all. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm watching them play last night, and 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 the press, and where they cause so much havoc and and get the pace of the game going the way they do. You know, it's like most of the time when you press, you get a you get a trap in the back court, and they throw it out. Let's say back to the guy that threw it in bounds. And so now that guy's playing them, and and they take off down the court, you know. So now it looks like it's a one on one. They'll send the guy back. Yeah, they'll send that last guy that went back across the half court. They'll send him back, and now you're fighting to get the ball over over half court in ten seconds. And and they they stay high on the floor, and obviously they practice it all the time. And you're not used to seeing that, and you probably have a difficult time even getting close to what the reality of facing that's going to be if you're trying to, with your back, you know, your second or third team or whatever in practice trying to trying to take a look at that. You yeah. know, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to replicate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Coach. David, uh, appreciate you being yeah, on. Yeah, Thank you. You. Made a, you made a good, Dad taught you something. I do know that. You wore a blue pullover when you were doing the radio. And so that for, I think it was Under Armour. So that forced them to give you a nice Alabama Nike pullover. So that was a Wimp Sanderson move there, coach. Yeah. Uh, I, I told, I told, I told, uh, Greg Byrne, I said, I wear what they give me. <laughs> yeah, and so you if you gave want me, me to nothing. wear something else, you need to give it to me. I learned that from Wimp Sanderson. <laughs> you, didn't, right. you didn't turn it back in, did you? Before you left? Uh, no, 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 no. I told him I got some coffee on it or something. I had to yeah. take it home. You know what Hugh Durham says? If it's free, give me three. That's what yeah. he used to say. So thanks, David. Appreciate you being on. Thank you, Coach. All right, you guys Thank take you. care. All right. Okay, all right. these Thank last you. twenty minutes, uh, we'll open up the phone lines for you to give us your ideas about gambling. All right, let's tell them about Bob Prince and Prince Glover. That's not a gamble when you go with them. That's a sure no, thing. No, it's not. It's not a gamble. Prince Glover and Hayes will do a great job for you because you know you know something you lost. You had uh, somebody come after you with a, in that accident that should not have occurred, and you're banged up mentally and physically, and you don't know what direction to go, and and you need help from the highways to the neighborhood to kinfolks to everything in the world, world but with the dog next door, uh, you need some help. And Prince Glover and Hayes at three four five one two three four can help you because you, hey, you lost, and they'll visit with you on the telephone. They'll tell you if this case needs to go further. They're not going to try to take your money. And if it needs to go further and you're lost, you go by 701 Rice Vine Road and visit with them in person. And you're going to find once you come to an agreement and you'll come to one pretty quickly, 
they'll go out and they will do a good job of representing you and your family. And, brother, you need it badly. So three four five one two three four. good people. Prince Clover and Hayes. PrinceLaw.net is the website. If they don't win, you don't pay. Uh, Justin, if you played the lottery and you hit it and say you got $100 million, would we see you the next day? We would not. Group credit through HMF. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for full detail. Expires 229-24. This report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. It matters who does your taxes. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide. Sports. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. Look at all the new inventory. They got the 24, 24s. A lot of them coming in. Justin said you go to the website and see everything that's coming in. I'm really intrigued by this Grand Highlander. I'm going to get out there. And test drive that Grand Highlander. Maybe make the switch to that. They also got the trucks, obviously the Camrys, the Ravs. If you want to go to the website and schedule a service, uh, you can do that all at TuscaloosaToyota.com or swing by Skyland Boulevard to see David DeSantis and Justin Troll and tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. All right, to the Tuscaloosa Toyota Highline, get Joe in. Good morning, Joe. Morning. Love that interview. Great interview, guys. Thank you. Uh, my, my gambling, you know, People that gamble are going to gamble, regardless <laughs> of where they live or what. So, I mean, you know. Uh, but here's my gambling tip for all Alabama basketball gamblers this Saturday. He has a losing record against Buzz while in Alabama. And the reason why, because Buzz throws those zone traps at him and zone defenses at him and slows the game down. So they're playing. They're not playing at A and M though. They're playing at home. He's one in here though. He's one in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, There's certain. I don't know what it is. There's certain coaches, maybe teams that, as you go through, kind of get your number. Like they just always play you. Uh, good. Now, you have a tendency to have a letdown. If you're Alabama, you look up as a man, they just lost a Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, uh, so you're playing at home at 11 o'clock. Um, I don't know. What do you think the line will be, Joe? Line be 11, 12, something like that, you think? Or will it be lower than that? Oh, I don't think it'll be double digits. Really? No. Uh-uh. I don't, I, it could be nine, but I don't see it being over 10 or higher. I just don't see it. Hey, I got something for Wimp right quick. All right. Okay. I believe this is what he said about the Ohio State coach. He said he got his money. Barry, do you know that is in the top five buyouts in college basketball history? Fourteen million. Yeah, fourteen million. Yeah, that's a lot of money in basketball, guys. Well, yeah, the guys they should. They, I don't. I don't. I can't get into because I don't know the inside. But I know this guy's a. What I can get, I got one of my sons is a good buddy of his, Scott, and he's a. He's he, and I, and to some and so, to some degrees he's done a good job there, and in some degrees he's had a, a long losing streak uh, with a new AD. This AD going out. Could have waited because he's got a new AD coming in, I think, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, 
He beat us. He slowed us down, and he yeah. beat us in Destin. We've showed yeah. uh, Ohio State has shown they don't mind spending money. Uh, so, do they well, make it? Do they got, try to make a run at at uh, at Nate, or or, or do they where do no. they go? No, Nate. Nobody's going to make a run at, at Nate right now. Well, Nate's got to not right not not right now. This you know, no. he's got to get past the Sweet Sixteen, Barry, because of his buyout being so high. And then you have the ordeal from last year. I mean. We don't, you know, it's just the way the nation looks at him is what I'm trying to say. But, you know, a guy like that, like him at Ohio State now that he's there from Texas A&M, God, he can spend more money for you than anybody in the country because he's got a, the biggest check he's ever had now, too. But, you know, it's not out of the question, but I don't see it happening. I'm surprised he left yeah. A&M for Ohio State. A&M is a good place to live in, Barry. Uh, college, yeah, it's a good place. It's not a great place, but it's a good place. So, I think the job's too big for him. I think A and M was too big for him. He messed up everything else so bad. You got so many more programs you have to finance at Ohio State. You know they play more sports. They got boys soccer. They got they got all these rugby. They got all this other stuff. Man. These girls too. They got all these sports. It's it's a bigger table, much bigger table than it is in this. And then you got all this travel you're gonna have to deal with Ooh. going out west. <clears throat> I, I just think the job's too big for the guy. I really do. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see. That's beside. Love the interview. Thank you, Joe. Thanks. Thanks. All Joe. right, yeah. uh, we'll take this last break, and then we'll wrap up the show. You're listening to Tide 100.9. Is he home of Alabama Sports? Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. Highway 69, seeing five minutes slowdowns extra, both ways between 15th and Highway 56. Also, three to four minute delays on Highway 82 between Airport Road and Jack Warner Parkway. Also, look out for debris on I-20, 59 westbound at milepost 80 before the University Boulevard exit. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Joshua Dow. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Friday. We'll look at the Alabama-Texas A&M game on Saturday. We'll also talk with Coach Sonny Smith and break down this SEC race as the the team. Or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Another very nice day today with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa size 67. Tonight fair with a low at 46. Tomorrow, Partially sunny during the day, then a chance of some light rain tomorrow night. High tomorrow afternoon at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room. Right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside Locker Room. All right, uh, today, you know, locally, Paul Bryant High School, uh, will actually going to ride up there at Bill Harris Arena. They'll take on Macadori, uh, 1030. Uh, the team that beat us, Alina, will take on, um, Benjamin Russell, uh, at 130. Hillcrest girls play, uh, at nine o'clock, uh, this morning. So some local teams, uh, playing in the state tournament. Uh, 6A is really good. 7A, I think, is down a little bit. There's some, 
top tier teams, but from top to bottom, seven days not uh, maybe what it's been in the past. So uh, Huntsville did win yesterday, and I believe Hoover did as well. So uh, we'll see if they end up playing uh, in the finals uh, there. So, uh, Dad, I know uh, tomorrow, um, I guess at the Bryant Museum, uh, they're going to put one of your plaid coats in case and have maybe a little basketball area there. So that's got to be exciting for you. Uh, for, for, for that yeah, time. it is. I, uh, you know, I'm tickled to be able to be part of that encasement. And I'm hoping and hoping to drive by there in the morning before I go to the game and, and see it. Uh, I mean, Saturday, pardon me. But uh, I appreciate them doing that. Not many times basketball folks get in football museums. So proud of that. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Right, uh, we'll get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris show. We'll be back tomorrow uh, to wrap up the show. We'll look at the uh, Texas A&M game a little bit more in depth. We'll also talk with Coach uh, Sonny Smith in the second hour. The Gary Harris show is next, so keep it locked in. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.